It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, August 5th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Chris Hanalski is one of four candidates so far vying for two open seats on the Sitka Assembly this fall. She spoke with KCAW's Catherine Rose about what motivated her to seek public office. Why are you running for a seat on the Sitka Assembly? Uh, I have a lot of my time and effort invested into this town. Um, I have a lot of family here. My children live here. My new grandchild is here. And my husband and I own two businesses here. And we also invest in real estate. And I believe that it is a good time for me. Um, I work less hours now, and I have the time to invest into something like an assembly seat. I have the time to do the research and to look over all of the statistics, data, paperwork that involves a seat on the assembly. And I, I feel like I can contribute a lot to a seat. Um, I have a lot of business sense. We have... Uh, I believe in accountability and common sense, and I look forward to uh, putting my voice out there to the people. And so do you have any prior legislative experience, either in elective, elected office or as an appointee? I do not. What ideas or skills do you bring to the table that the current assembly you think lacks? I believe, like I said, I'm really, really strong on fiscal responsibility. I am in favor of uh, being out of debt, if at all possible. I don't believe in accumulating a lot of debt. And the the dam issue that happened with all the cost overruns, um, that's bothersome. And I... I believe in accountability. So if you are sitting in an assembly seat and you're making decisions that affect this town and this community, I think accountability is big there. And I have seen in the past where people have made very large decisions on a very grand scale as far as money and then they leave town. And it just, it doesn't seem right. It seems like you should be accountable to what your decisions are and you as a local you should be invested here you should live here and you should live with the consequences one of the biggest issues for me us personally as contractors is the housing crisis my my husband and i have uh two successful businesses here uh for the last 16 years one of them was of course the drive-through bakery And then the other one is Hinalski Home Repair and Maintenance. Um, And both of those businesses have given us a unique perspective from the, you know, dealing with local people and what their concerns are. But also um, we have noticed that the housing issue that we used to call an issue has pretty much turned into a crisis at this point. Um, People literally don't have a place to live. And social media is filled with posts of people, you know, professional people, nurses, teachers, transferred posties, 
begging for a place to stay and there is nowhere there, there there's getting to the point where nobody's even answering those posts because there's nowhere and um we need to deal with that and it's a it's the law of supply and demand and play here and we need to deal with it and I would love to delve into that at an assembly level and get to the root of the problem, see what's going on. That was Assembly candidate Chris Hanoski speaking with KCAW's Catherine Rose. You can listen to the full interview on our website at kcaw.org. In the sleepy hamlet of Port Alexander in southeast Alaska, amenities like Wi-Fi, cell service, and even electricity are a luxury. Diesel generators run everything, and fuel isn't cheap, so conservation is a cornerstone of daily life. Now, Sitka's Raven Radio hopes to help the remote community conserve energy by updating its aging radio transmitter with wind and solar power. KCAW's Tosh Kimmel reports. Port Alexander is a hard place to explain. It's tiny, with less than 60 full-time residents, on the southern tip of Baranoff Island. There's no roads in or out, no cell service or municipal electricity. Perhaps PA is more of a lifestyle than a location, but the residents themselves could probably describe it best. The state and the city don't provide a lot of services out here. We don't have much infrastructure. It's a small town. Um, The bay kind of divides the town down the middle, so there's no roads, so there's a boardwalk on each side of the bay, no cars. The only way in and out of here is a float plane or a fishing boat. When there's a problem here, it's a, a community problem and we all help. When push comes to shove, everybody's pretty tighter out here. Mostly, PA is quiet, except for the sound of the rain or whales breathing, maybe a fishing boat pulling out of the harbor. But the most consistent sound is the hum of the radio in people's homes. Raven Radio, to be specific. Well, my husband's really an addicted person to news, and so it is on 24-7 at my house. That's Susan Taylor, longtime Port Alexander resident and part owner of the Laughing Raven Lodge. Her husband is Peter Mooney. Oh, it's like, you know, when I was when I was trying to give up smoking. <laughs> Especially in the morning with coffee, you know. I don't know if my coffee would taste the same without Raven Radio. When I find him, he's in his shop, sharpening his chainsaw and listening to the radio. It's nice to know what's going on in the world every day. You know, I mean, it's NPR in the morning, and um, they're really a, 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 a important contact with the outside world. And then we get, you know, uh, the local news and, and, and on and on. The Sitka radio station broadcasts from a repeater on the couple's property. The power for it comes from generators owned by the city of Port Alexander burning expensive diesel in the process. However, an ambitious new project by KCAW might be able to change that. Pete Tredish is one of three engineers renovating Raven Radio's transmitter. It's not easy to live in a town like this where you don't have a city government that's going to provide all the services that you get in a city, uh, including electricity. And so it just seemed like it made sense for Raven Radio to step up and generate the electricity it needed to, to do its broadcasting. He says part of the project includes installing a wind machine and solar panels. So we're hoping, you know, by by the end of it, you know, that we've installed enough wind and solar capacity that sometimes we're still going to need help from the diesel generator, but sometimes we'll have some extra and we'll be able to contribute more electricity back into the battery bank. You know, the diesel's real expensive and, you know, sometimes supplies get disrupted in the winter. And so just anything that we can do to help them, you know, conserve it 
This boost in power could not only help conserve diesel, but also help Raven Radio transmit further off the coast, possibly reaching vessels on the water. But building infrastructure in such a remote corner of Alaska is not a simple task. Even during our interview, Pete and I sat in darkness, without enough electricity to power the lights. I mean, there are no stores here for food or for supplies so it was a big challenge like and even just you know basic hardware store items you know every screw we had to think of beforehand or get someone to send us uh later on longtime resident paul young recalls how exciting it was to hear kcaw for the first time in the 80s well i remember when we first got it it was like really we get to have raven radio here oh my goodness um because we we can get am stations late at night in the winter, and it's it goes in and out. Marty Raymond, who arrived in the 70s to be closer to the fishing grounds, echoed the sentiment. Yeah, before that, it was just, you know, you could get people to listen to AM radio, like you had to string up a wire for an antenna to get maybe... Uh, like you could probably get Petersburg during the day. With modern technology like the Internet, Port Alexander doesn't rely on radio the way it used to. Still, Raymond says it continues to be an important source of news, weather, and general entertainment for the community. I'd say maybe half the households have satellite TV, and the rest of us don't. So radio's, I guess, more important, especially if you don't have any kind of television for news or weather or any of that stuff. As the age of technology continues to transform the way we consume media, it's nice to know radio still has a hold on the people of Port Alexander. Reporting in PA, I'm Tosh Kimmel. A historic anchor showed up at the dock in Unalaska on Thursday. Andy Pellin is the terminal manager for the cold storage company Klusterbor, where the anchor was dropped off on Saturday. He says the cargo ship Orange Sea had been anchored in Bristol Bay taking salmon, and when it heaved up its own anchor, another one came up attached to it. We knew they were coming with an anchor fouled on their anchor because that's not unusual. We just didn't know this would be the anchor that was coming. By Pillen's estimate, the anchor weighs close to 6,000 pounds. It's made of iron and wood, and though a few barnacles are attached here and there, it's been well-preserved by the ocean water. When Pillen and others at the dock first researched the anchor with a quick Google search, they thought it might date back to the 1600s. Pillen has since been in touch with an expert at a maritime salvage company who, at first glance, said the anchor likely dates somewhere closer to 1850. No one from the salvage company was available for an interview on Thursday. Still, the anchor is a piece of history, and Pillen wants to preserve and showcase it in Unalaska. For now, Pillen says the anchor is going back in the water. He was told by a preservation expert that's the best way to keep it in shape until he can make plans to preserve it on land. After all, the water has kept this anchor intact for more than a century already. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.